Hallel. Ja. Hallel. Ja. Praise God with me. Hallelujah. A Hebrew word. Yeah, yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> Hallelujah has a little bit of ha in it. A little bit of ha ha ha. Ha ha. Everything that makes me want to not laugh. <laughs> I'm going to laugh anyway. Joy as a resistance. And what I lack, you are full of. I like that. When I'm broken, you are whole. And what I'm doubting, you are sure of. I'll trust the lover, the lover of my soul. Yeah, that's cool. I like that a lot. You guys did that. That was great. Thank you so much. So good to be in here and be in this space, be in the space um, of healing. Uh, Jess, if I guess, yeah, because I want you to come and sit up here with your wife and stuff so you can just show me that tree picture. I saw this. Um, isn't that interesting? Um, this tree is helping that other tree. Um, he's helping him out. Uh, he got his legs knocked out from underneath him. And uh, over time, they'd stayed connected and close to each other. And so in his time of greatest need, this one that still had the root system was able to hold him up. And we were talking about trees and, and how, you know, the uh, Bible will sometimes talk about us as, as trees. And the trees of the field will clap their hands or the trees of the field uh, there's all kinds of metaphor in the scripture about, around trees and also around stones, that we are living stones. Um, stones meaning like the stones that you would use to build an edifice, like a temple. And that was important uh, figure for them because in, that, in the Bible days, going to the temple was really where you went to find and get the presence of God. You know, that's where you went to worship. It's where you went to pay your homage and your sacrifices. And it's where you went to show that you meant business with your deity as you go to the temple. And, and then the scripture now then when Jesus comes, takes us on the inside and takes us to our inner world and says, no more is it this temple made with hands and this thing on the outside that you can see or this place that you go um, to go and do a thing, but rather the temple is you. <laughs> And then when you get together with somebody else, um, then you then create a house for God or house for the presence of God. And that's why it feels different here um, than it does just with you in your bedroom alone. Because you are the temple and you do have that individual space and in the presence of love is within you. But then when you get together, whew, all the stones get together and they start to... Um, but then, you know... Community is a funny thing because what will heal you will also harm the heck out of you. <laughs> what, will, what will harm you and hurt you is also the thing that will heal you. So if you've, has anybody ever been hurt in community? You've come to the right place. 
has anybody ever been hurt here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But where you're hurt, it's often if you're hurt in community, you're also going to get healed in community. And if you've ever been hurt in a relationship, for example, and then you go on to say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to have a relationship again. Well, you know, if you never have a relationship like that again, you'll never have that opportunity to be hurt and healed from it ever again. You'll just go ahead and just be single because when you're single, you rock, right? <laughs> be like, I am awesome <laughs> when I'm by myself. <laughs> I don't have anybody else to rub up against. But stones will, um, like thinking about that metaphor, not to stretch it too much, but they had to kind of rough the rub edges off of those stones in order to fit them together to make a, an edifice that would keep the wind out and the water out. You have to kind of do some iron sharpening iron type of stuff and the stones kind of jostling up against one another. And when, you, when you're in community, that's the opportunity is to kind of get your rough edges moved off. And that's what happens in relationship as well, in intimacy. In any kind of intimacy, you'll have an opportunity to see all your ugly. And that's really helpful. It's a good thing. Um, it's hard. It's hard to see your ugly, right? It's hard to see other people's ugly and still hold on. But I really liked that tree, um, didn't you? Just to see that and to see how that one was holding it up. And I think, uh, you know, Paul, in his writing to all these churches that we've been discovering and looking at, is this community is there for you when you're weak and strong where you are weak and weak where you are strong and allowing others to show up big for you is it takes a lot of humility right it takes a lot of humility to receive to receive some strength and receive gifts i wanted to go on with uh what we've been talking about um the book of philippians um is where the lection has had us uh this uh season and I've been, can somebody tell me what I've been preaching about, please? Awesome, thank you, yay. Listening, Christ is lower still, yes, yes, yes. When you have fallen from grace and you think that, that you um, have gone too low, uh, Christ is lower still, Christ was lower still. Um, but also, what chapter and what is the name of the book? Go ahead, don't. Philippians 2, uh, because it's a masterpiece. It's the kenosis hymn. It's like the emptying of the God, the emptying of the Christ. And it's so different than other world religions because we are taught to, you know, we have to give to the deity. Well, in our narrative, and in this really awesome narrative of an incarnation, the deity gives to us. And that's what makes it so a love that is undeniable. That what, that's what makes it kind of the nearly too good to be true news of the gospel. Because it's like, what, this deity comes to me serving me? How can that be? And that's why you have all these hymns that talk like that. They're like, how can this be, the love of God? How can this, this love me? Because I know me, <laughs> and I don't feel worthy of that. But something is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And when you have this deity that comes incarnate and comes to the suffering edge of humanity and comes to give and live as us with us, that is a love that we are living and spending our lifetime trying to understand and really trying to embody ourselves and then try to give to others. Um, and it's not in a religious way because religion will get you tore up like uh, wars and stuff and everything. Like, I mean, the biggest thing, it's just in my face. I mean, how many have been reading about all this and, and seeing it and reading about it? I mean, it's just a, 
it's a um, it's tragedy, it's violence, it's hard, and it's hard when um, you put God's name on it. It's hard when you do these wars and violence and all of these things in the name of God. And really we do um, actions in the world in direct accordance with who we think God is. You actually do love others as you love yourself. You are doing that without even trying. And you do to yourself and to others who you think God is. So a punishing, punitive, angry God will be punishing, punitive, and angry externally. That's why we preach this message that this is not the God, this is not the Christ we preach. This is not what God ever wanted to be a part of. This is not that God. That's the message of this house is that God is relentlessly, extravagantly, over and abundantly loving and inclusive and accepting. The radical acceptance of God, <laughs> the radical acceptance of people. We haven't even begun to draw the circle wide enough, okay? And, and until, you know, if, when I think about the globe or the cosmos and I think about the world and my little ways of categorizing people within it, until I get my circle so wide that it includes the whole world, I haven't stretched it big enough. Every single other Love one another as I have loved you. Have you been loved? I mean, it's a big question. Do you really know what it's like to be loved? That's a hard one. It's a hard question because What does it really mean to be loved and seen for one's full self? <laughs> you know, the way in which Jesus loved the people that Jesus was around, it had to have been so tender and so amazing to be in his presence. It had to have been one of the most remarkable things. Have fun at your photo shoot. Tell her, have fun at her photo shoot. <laughs> to write about it later, decades later, after he was already in, out, of, out of this realm, and to write about love one another as I have loved you, and that they would remember that part of it, I can imagine that after the supper, the last supper, when we always say, and, and every time you do this, remember me, I wonder if they were actually remembering all of the really beautiful things that Jesus did with them. You remember that one time? <laughs> and remember the other time when he, I mean, I didn't think he'd ever talk to me again after that. The betrayal and the, the agony and the arguments and the ways that the disciples failed themselves and failed him. 
their quarrels and disputes, the way that they just showed their ass over and over again. How do you continue to go with somebody like that? How, how would it have been to be loved by love itself? <laughs> Who knows you, sees you, sees every part of you, and loves you still. That's why we say the lover of my soul. It's, it's not really soft and uh, mushy. It's not a mushy thing to say. Like, this deity, this love loves me. Love loves me. And I don't know how that's possible. I'm, I'm already tired of me. And what I got going on, and what happens in this head, nobody needs to know about that. Okay? <laughs> and so, love loves me. Thoroughly and completely. And I think Paul, in writing these letters to these churches, had a revelation of that love. Which is why he was encouraging one another. Guys, love one another with a fervent love and a passionate love. For love covers a multitude of sin. I'm, I'm quoting the scripture to you without reading it because I don't have my glasses out. But love covers you. With a, love covers a multitude. Have fervent, passionate love for one another. Be tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has abundantly forgiven you. Let us all lift one another up and edify one another and celebrate one another. Paul's constantly saying, let the gifts in the body be shown. Let, let people have their, their unique um, expressions of God's love and God's grace. Let this happen in and among you. He's like, let quarreling and arguments and schisms and fractions and blah, 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 let that be put away from you so that you can be the household of the presence of God. Oh, man, when someone falls and stumbles and trips and they've done it for the 300th time and you can't believe they keep making that mistake, what are you going to do for them? Lift them up, edify them, restore such a one, restore them. But because he had a view, he had a, he had a window into the love of God that if we actually did it, we would be full, whole, and complete. We'd feel intimate, connected, and warm. We'd feel loving and available to expressing our full humanity in a way that we wouldn't be scared that we're making mistakes and we're not going to be scared that someone's going to point, point their fingers at us and not going to be scared that we're going to be shunned at the next potluck. That ought to not be named among this house. And I'm pointing my finger. That ought to not be named among this house. Forgive it. Remember it. Talk about it, face it, feel your feelings, and allow forgiveness to have its perfect work in you. Allow your feelings to be shown. Talk to your therapist about it. Do whatever you got to do, but get over and through. Eventually, eventually, as the process works, I'm not asking for you to be hurt one day and forget, forgive and forget and go on. I'm not calling for that. When you fall down and you truly skin your knees or you fall down and you hurt your ankle, sometimes it's going to take some weeks to get over that. That may even take some years and some support and some therapy and some constant, I mean, look at this. This is, I mean, we all know she hurt herself. It's not like, well, just get over it. You better get on with it. No, you're going to hurt yourself even worse if you keep doing that. So get yourself the support that you need. And allow the Holy Spirit to, to love and support you. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit needs to be the cast that's on your ankle for a little while. And you go, you know, I'm walking with a limp, but I'm getting there. 
I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, messed up, but the Lord's helping. We're going to get there. But, but we're not going to stay there. I mean, if in two years she's still wearing that boot because of a sprained ankle, we'd have something to talk about. You know, <laughs> like what actually happened? Maybe that wasn't a sprain. We need to call that something different. Um, but what, Eve, what do you always say uh, when it comes to forgiveness? Um, what do you say? Yes, yes. Would you share that right, real fast? And the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. So you cannot forgive for a paper cut what was a stab in the heart. And even if somebody didn't mean to do it, that their impact and their intention are two different things. So, I mean, we're getting really, really real with this stuff. Let's speak the truth in love. And then let's let the truth set us free and really move us forward. My text today has not even been read. What time is it? I'm just like preaching. Lord, we're, we're at Philippians 4. Uh, Philippians 4 is what I really, where I really wanted to go because Paul is just knocking it out of the park with this letter. We have so many classics and, and memorized verses from this, from this book. Have anybody heard, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? That comes through Philippians 4. Uh, what about, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. That's another Philippians 4. How about, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it uh, something to be grasped, the equality of God, something to be grasped, but rather emptied himself and obeyed even to the point of the cross. I know you guys know it. You just were letting me quote it and be wrong. Um, and then also, okay, what else is in Philippians, the book of Philippians? Come on, somebody. Philippians 4. Be... Anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Okay, um, and then... Uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And let your gentleness or your forbearance be known to all. The Lord is at hand. And finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there be anything praiseworthy and if there be any virtue, think on these things. And the God of peace, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So... I'm up in the night sometimes, not as bad as I was, okay? My early 40s about threw me out. I was going to die a hormone hell. I, I didn't even know what was going on with me, but I couldn't sleep for the first four years of my 40s. I've gotten it taken care of now. Aren't you happy and glad? Um, <laughs> uh, but sometimes I'll wake up and have a hard time going back to sleep. Does that happen to you? You'll wake up and then just like maybe the 
thoughts will go and it feels like a scramble in the brain and you're thinking from one thing to the next to the next to the next to the next and you're just thinking about everything and sometimes just stupid stuff. Tamara woke up <laughs> in the middle of the night last night. She said, I've been having this terrible dream. I've been trying to take a shower in the Long John Silvers. <laughs> so that was what was happening in my house at 4 a.m. People trying to take a shower at the Long John Silvers. And, and I said, oh, really? <laughs> she said, and then something else. She was having one anxious dream after the next and couldn't get that shower done. And, but anyway, it could be something big, but it, something could be just as silly as that, you know, that, that's just keeping you running on that rabbit, you know, that, that just that hamster wheel. And that was happening for me. And so all of those texts that we were just reading are found in Philippians 4. And if you haven't committed them to memory, I would invite you to do so. Philippians 2 and Philippians 4 are really good passages to uh, memorize and to know for those times. Um, so this is how I practically used um, the Bible to help me <laughs> in the middle of the night um, this week. So over here in Philippians 4, 8. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Um, bye, Lynetta. Have a good day at work. Everybody say about her. I just love that people come and then have to go, but but they still want to come. That's so nice. I just love you. I love you, Lynetta. Um, so I was on a track of thinking all this stuff, but I've been meditating on this text all week, and I wanted to do the part that said, whatever things you have heard and received and learned and saw in me, these do. <laughs> Remember how Jesus said, if you are a hearer only and not a doer, you're like the one that builds your house on the sand and the wind comes and the waves come and knock that building over real easily. But the one who hears my words and does them, that one's like the one that builds their house on a rock. And so I thought, I want to do it. I really want this to work in me. So I'm gonna think on a good thing. And I did, and it changed my attitude, I thought of the good ways that God has fully loved and forgiven me. Because in that moment, I was beating myself up about a failure that day, a thing that I wish I hadn't said. And so I was rehearsing that thing over and over again, wishing I hadn't said it. Why can't I learn it by now? Why haven't I gotten over this by now? And what does that do? The shame cycle just starts to go. Y'all been there? Shame cycle. And instead, okay, I went ahead and said, okay, now the scripture is asking me to think on things that are good or have good report. Okay. Well, God's opinion of me is that I'm his beloved. And God knew that I was going to say that silly thing before it ever came out of my mouth. 
And God loved me before it, and God loves me the same after it, because God's love and acceptance of me is not dependent upon my behavior. Even while I was saying the, the, the less, the poor judgment thing, God was loving me. And I began to reverse that shame cycle by just taking this text and begin to think on the good report that God has of me, the good, the pure, the right, and the holy thing, and shifted me, and I was able to gently fall back to sleep because I knew that God wasn't rubbing it in my face because that's not the God I believe in. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. I didn't use my notes today, so I'm looking at them going, well, was there anything good in those notes? Because I've just spoken extemporaneously from my heart. What's that? Save it till next week, yeah? Because grace got next. And this scripture, I think for all of us living in 2023 in these anxious times. I think memorizing this and thinking about it. You know, Paul is speaking this, this text, guys, in the context of community. We often take these scriptures and have in the past, think that they're for a personal devotional life. They were never intended for somebody's personal devotional life. They were intended to help you live in community well and healthy. And so to be anxious for nothing, have you ever thought, I wonder if so-and-so is going to get promoted within this company or within this group without me, without me being seen? I wonder if anybody noticed that I sweep up at the end of the service. I wonder if they care that I have contributed this. I wonder if they care enough. I wonder if they see how much of a sacrifice that was for me. That's being anxious. And the Lord is saying, so it's not about just generalized anxiety. You going to go get the kids? Okay, thank you. It's not just generalized anxiety that, the, that he's talking about. He's not talking about 2023 screen time anxiety. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about being in relationship and friendship with other people. Is everybody leaving because I suck right now? Like, what is going on? What is even happening to me? See? Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. And rejoice in the Lord always, right? And again, I say rejoice. But because, see, it's all relational. Do you understand that? All of this stuff is coming to us and asking us to think about these things that are pure and holy and of good report because we can actually rehearse over people and with people. I'm just fascinated with what's happening. Um, um, you better have stopped this recording, Hank, because I am not doing well at this point. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, what else do we say here? I think we're good. I think we're wrapping up. Um, I think the point that I wanted to make was that these texts are meant to be exercised and used within community. And if we can think of others 
more highly than, than we think of ourselves, if we can serve one another in love, if we can be those that forgive one another and include one another, if we can include the outsider and not seek to create cliques and insider stuff, but instead seek to find and seek and save the lost and go after the one that's lost. If we can be those kinds of people, we in ourselves can be a resistance to what the, the violence that is going on in our world. And I think that's one of the reasons why we participate in this house. Amen? Are you cool with that? So um, next time we get together... I hope that you have uh, Philippians 2 and Philippians 4 completely memorized. Cool? <laughs> there will be a test. <laughs> All right. Well, hallelujah. Uh, um, is anybody going to come and play songs or something? Is anybody going to do that? <laughs> um, and if most of y'all want to stay down and, and do communion, just one, one or two. You got a plan. Okay, cool. I'm excited to do communion and worship with you guys, to light some candles, to say prayers. Um, it's good that you all have been here with us today. God bless you and all that you do. Um, again, the, the journaling cards are here if you want.